0: Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series Ripple, focusing on generosity. This series will challenge us to reshape our hearts and lives around what's important to God and His kingdom in regards to our finances. This is our last week in our series called Ripple. Uh, How many of you enjoyed Elder Woody Jones last week? Yeah, would you give him a hand? Yeah. Good, all three of you. Just really excited. (laughs) Man, he did a great job. Uh, It's really, it's hard for some to even to picture what life was like here many, uh, you know, not too many years ago, Um, and the generosity of those who have come and been a part. Your current generosity has helped the work of God flourish here, and so we're so thankful for that. Uh, But the first week, just to recap a little, the very first week we said less is more. We wanted to talk for three weeks about what the Bible says about money and what we should do with our money and how we should handle our money. And nobody likes talking about money in church because you think I'm about to take up an offering. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not taking up an offering today. Um, I don't need a bigger car. The church doesn't need any more wings. we got to fill up what we've got. But what God is after is not your money, but your obedience. Because it can be easy, okay? I, I don't want to go here, but I'm going to go here anyway. It can be real easy for you to, to serve, okay? I'll give of my time, Sure. Or maybe you'll do your devotion time in the morning when it doesn't interrupt anything else in your schedule. But some, for some reason, when it comes to our money, we say, oh, that's mine to do with what I want. And the Bible would say otherwise. The Bible would say that everything we have is a gift from God. The house I live in, the cars I drive, the money in my bank account. While some would say, I've worked hard for that money and I believe that you have. Man, God provided the job. God provided your able body and gave you breath. And so we wanted to talk about money and what that means. And so the first week we said, less is more. That, remember, better one hand with tranquility. Than two hands with turmoil and chasing after the winds. You remember that verse from Ecclesiastes? We said, Less is more. And then last week, Woody did an excellent job breaking out from Scripture that giving is good. Everybody say it giving is good, that we should give. And that giving is an expectation of the Christian, okay? Um, we give because we have been given to. And so giving is good. And today I want to talk about tomorrow matters. Would you say that with me? Tomorrow matters. Um, and we'll look here in Matthew 25 in a second. I had a conversation with some young folks, some young adults, um, uh, about six months ago, and they—it uh, was kind of—we were kind of, kind of and A Q&A style thing, um, not like service oriented, but just us together. And one of the questions I was asked was this: What is the biggest challenge to our generation? What is the biggest challenge in our current generation? We've got baby boomers in the room, we've got millennials in the room. We've got some Gen Zers in the room. We've got lots of generations in this room. What is the biggest problem facing this current generation? And I'll tell you, it's not just this generation, but every generation existing currently. Our biggest challenge challenge currently in facing tomorrow and making tomorrow matter is this. We are spoiled by the now. The instant. This thought of working hard for something that's down the line is, is not even a thought. And, I, and I'll tell you why. If I text you, if I text you, you know what I expect? I, I expect some bubbles to pop up on the bottom of my screen that you're going to reply to me right then. I expect some bubbles to pop up. If, um, if I want to watch a movie, I, I want it to stream right now. I don't want it to buffer I want to watch any movie I want right now. And not only do I want to watch it right now, if I find a good show, I don't want to wait till next week for the next episode. I want to binge watch every episode. Some of y'all are guilty of this, and you're going gonna to be too righteous to admit it in this service. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. One more episode. We'll just do one more. And even thinking about Amazon Prime. It used to be you would order something from a catalog, It'd take weeks. Weeks. Now, if it's not on my doorstep in two days, I'm calling customer service. We are spoiled by the now. We're spoiled by the now. And I believe this is our greatest danger, our greatest challenge to making tomorrow matter. Because I can I want everything I want now. That's why it's so difficult for so many to see and think about tomorrow. And it's most obvious if you look um, at a a recent CNN poll. Recent CNN poll um, and other organizations also have the same statistic. Three out of four, 75 to 80 percent of people are living paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. Now. Tomorrow can't matter if you're just trying to get to the next paycheck, right? Listen, um, now, just a caveat here. I grew up with a single mom, and we had four kids in the household. You think this was easy to feed? Do you think we kept our cabinets full? No. Um, There were, I'm sure, and my mom never let on if we were ever hurting. But I'm sure there were times she had to make decisions on whether we were going to eat Or we're going to keep the lights on. And for some, even pay tithe. You know, how, how can I pay tithe if I don't have it? I can barely keep food in my cabinets. So listen, there are those situations. And man, oh, that God would provide grace in those. Because some of you have walked them. But let's can we just be honest for a moment? For the majority of us, that is not the case. We don't have to live that way. We don't have to live paycheck to paycheck um, because living, uh, most of us, the vast majority are living for today with little to no regard for tomorrow. YOLO. Does anybody know what that means? That's so old. And I probably just lost a lot of points for saying it. You only live once, right? Let me, and, and I'm not going to preach real long. Um, man, Jerry, that was so good. That was so good. I want to stop and say that. Tomorrow when, tomorrow, when this sinks in, that tomorrow matters, it will change how you live today. When you realize that tomorrow matters and what's coming down the line matters, it will change how you live in this moment. It will change how you give. It will change how uh, you deal with your finances. It will change how you deal with your family. When you realize that tomorrow matters. How many of us today sit in these pews and look back and say, I wish I had done something different because we thought tomorrow would never come. And now it's too late. So when tomorrow matters, it changes how we live today. Proverbs 21, verse 20 says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. You know what that is in the Hebrew? Paycheck to paycheck. I'm just kidding. That's not what it means in Hebrew. But what it is saying basically is fools spend whatever they get. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You won't admit it, but it's burning in your pocket. You get a little bit extra, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm getting that 65-inch TV. That is going to Lowe's. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says, go to the ant, you sluggard. I think Solomon's a little salty right now. He's he's getting a little aggravated. He says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Tomorrow matters. There's going to come a time when tomorrow is going to matter, and for most of us, it will be too late. It'll be too late to pivot. In Matthew 25, what we see is the story of three servants. And due to the shortness of time that I've got, I'm just going to paraphrase this story for you. A master has three servants and he's about to go away. He gives one of the servants five bags of money. They call them talents. Don't know how much that is, but it's some measure of measure of money. Gives him five bags of talents. He gives the second servant two bags of talents, money. And then he gives the last servant one bag. Well, the master goes away. The guy with five bags goes out, invests the money, and doubles it. I mean, he, he knocks it out of the park. The second guy goes and he invests his money, blows it up, does a great job. The guy with one bag gets nervous. He says, Oh boy, this guy is a raging lunatic, and if he comes back and I've lost his money, it's gonna be over. So he goes and buries it. He says, I'm gonna bury this. That way I can at least give him back what he gave to me, keep me out of trouble. Master comes back, congratulates the two who had invested and made him some money. Okay? But watch this. This is what he says to the last servant. Verse 24 of chapter 25 says, Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Now watch what the master says. But the master replied, verse 26, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant, And gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, verse 28, Take the money from the servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well, hear this, what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from, from those who do nothing... Everybody say, do nothing. Even what little they will, uh, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, this is harsh. Verse 30. Now, throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hey, look, I'm going to be honest with you. As I'm reading this story and that last guy saying, I know you're a harsh guy, I'm reading, I'm thinking, shoo! I think he's right. He's done throwing him out. But you've got to look at the moral of the story. This little parable here is sitting amongst Jesus telling his disciples about what the future is going to hold. What's coming down the line? He's telling his disciples about tomorrow. And he tells them about the ten bridesmaids that were waiting on the coming of Jesus. And some of them had their lamps full and some of them didn't. You remember this story? And then some of them got passed by because they went to get more oil for their lamps. They weren't prepared for tomorrow. Then this servant, this this little parable here about the three servants says, two of them were investing in the right places and they handled what they were given well. Understand what my message is about today. It is not about being rich. It's not about being rich. Is being rich bad? Absolutely not. Boy, you can do so much when you have money. But the problem is, many of us, our money begins to rule us. You know, it's the love of money. But what I'm telling you this morning is that tomorrow matters. And when you realize that, it will change how you live right now. It will change how you live today. And most of us won't change how we live. We will leave here and live the exact same way. And I'll tell you why. Because tomorrow is not in your view. It's not about being rich. It's about stewarding well the things that God has given you. Some of y'all are just stingy. And I don't just mean with your money. Oh. Let me get off of that. Let me go somewhere else before I get myself in trouble. It's not about being rich. There's an old song that says... uh, uh, oh, what is that verse? Um, uh, I can't remember it. If I remember it, I'll sing it to you here in a minute. Anyway, um, tomorrow matters. The wicked, lazy servants change how you live today. Um, there are two ways to make money, okay? And, and then I'm going to close, all right? There's two ways to make money. One of them, uh, people make money. Right? You go to work, you work a job, in exchange for working your job, you get compensation. Many different people do that many different ways. But the other way, the way I want to talk about today, is not necessarily you working for money, but money making money. Everybody say, money making money. Money, money, money. Money. What? What? Y'all weren't thinking that? You were thinking that. Look, I'm going to get fired today. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to lose my job. Matthew 25, 16. Look at this. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, watch, and put his money to work and gained five bags more. You know what many of our problems are? We take whatever we have and we spend whatever we have. Spend it all. What the Bible points to in Proverbs here in Matthew is that once you spend it, what happens? Once it's spent, it's gone. That's right. Some of us need to learn how to invest. And most of us would, some of us in this room, I won't say most. Some of us in this room would say, hey, brother, I I don't even, I don't know how to invest And so I want to give you three kind of ways Scripture speaks to investing. I, let me make a disclaimer, I am not a financial advisor. You are not going to get stock tips from me. I am a pastor. And so what I want to give you is how the Bible says that we should invest. And we'll look at these investment principles here. Number one. Investment principle number one. Don't invest in things you don't understand. Proverbs 24, three through four. By wisdom, a house is built, and watch this, and through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare, beautiful treasures. Many of us invest in wrong things. I'm not going to name the organization I tried investing in one time, but I'll just tell you, uh, this old preacher right here, uh, in my earlier days of marriage, I thought, you know what? I'm going to make it big. I'm going to get rich. I'm going to get rich. So a buddy of mine, and, and y'all are going to know what I'm talking about here in a minute. So they, A friend of mine messaged me. I hadn't talked to him in 20 years. He said, hey, you interested in making some uh, residual income every month? I was like, yeah. Well, here's what you got to pay up front, pop pop, 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 And then it'll take you two and a half years. Then you'll, and then you'll be in it. You got to change how you buy things. You got to buy from our catalog. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, let's just say a year into it, my wife said, if you ever... Bring up said company again. It's going to be over. It's going to be over. You can find you somewhere else to live. It was a stupid investment. A stupid investment. Because I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. Um, and sometimes the best investments are the ones we don't make. Let me say that again. Sometimes the best investments we, uh, uh, we make are the ones we don't make. Um, so those are some of the best investments. Number two. So number one, don't invest in things you don't understand. Number two, don't put put all your eggs in one basket. Grandma used to say that all the time. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, young man. Grandma was wise and true. Ecclesiastes 11.2 says, But divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risk lie ahead. How many of you saw COVID-19 coming? Let me tell you no one saw it coming and I have many a friend who took major financial hits because of COVID-19 none of us know the future right anybody in here know what's going to happen tomorrow no so if tomorrow matters does tomorrow matter yes so we got to change how we live today Um, I kind of think it like like manure. Don't shake your head at me, elder. You know what? Don't you shake your head at me. You'll see where I'm going. You pile up manure in one spot. You know what it does? Stinks. Stink. What? It's true. But you spread it out all across the ground. What does it do? Boy, it'll help things grow. And that smell will go away eventually too. Don't put all your stuff in one place. Ecclesiastes tells us to do it. It's an important principle when you're investing. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And then lastly, number three, don't try to get rich quick. 1 Timothy 6, 9. Those who want to get rich Everybody say rich. Fall into temptation and a trap. And into many foolish, harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and death. In the pursuit of wrong things. Hear me. If you are pursuing wrong things, it will lead you to ruin and destruction. And a lot of these things can look pretty up front. I had a friend of mine years ago who came to me with another. I don't know why. I got lots of people that think I need a ton of money, and I really don't. Um, but he came to me and he said, hey, I'm getting ready to invest in this company. You should do it with me. I was like, well, tell me about it. He's like, well, first, you got to put $50,000 up front. I said, you're talking the wrong fella. You're talking the wrong fella, buddy. I don't make that in a year. So he said, no, you got to put down $50,000, and uh, it's for a company overseas. I was like, red flag. Hold up, buddy. What do you mean? And I was like, how does it work? He's like, I don't really know. I said, oh, no. Surely you're not going to do this. He mortgaged his house, borrowed money from his daddy, ended up in bankruptcy. Why? You want to get rich. Proverbs 13, 11 tells us dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Listen. Many of us are, are thinking, okay, well, pastor, I want to invest. I just don't know how to do it. I, um, I don't have the money for it right now. Listen. We're not just talking about money this morning. We're talking about life. Many of us can't even take time to invest in our marriage. You know, if you invest in your marriage, it'll grow. If you pour into your kids, they'll grow. Many of us wonder why we have dead areas in our lives, and it's because we lack any sort of investment. We just put everything on cruise control, but I've got this little formula I put together. Money... Plus consistency, plus time equals wealth. Can I tell you, I feel in 2020, despite everything that we've faced, I'm the wealthiest man in this room. Don't have expensive clothes, but I've got the Lord. Anything you do with any consistency. Many of us, (laughs) uh, we don't tithe because we tried for two weeks and nothing happened. Yeah, you lack consistency. Many of us don't want to use our money at all. It's my money I've worked hard for. And honestly, everything takes time. Tomorrow matters. And I want, this is what I want for you. Hear me. This is my heart in closing out this series today. We talked about less is more. We talked about giving is good. But what has to get down in your heart and what the Bible, what Scripture points us to is that tomorrow matters. Christ died on a cross 2,000 years ago because he knew that we would be meeting in this room today. And that I'd be able to present a gospel to you. You know the Lord chose believers before the beginning of time. He chose you before the foundations of the earth. And so this morning you may have questions. Carl, where do I invest? Where should I invest? Here's these principles you've given us on investment. What do I do with them? Where do I invest? I'm not going to tell you. I can't tell you, in the worldly sense, where to invest. Here's what I can tell you. I can tell you this. Well, let me look. I've got some scripture here I wanna share with you. The best place to invest is a place you can depend on. A place you can depend on. Any investment person will tell you, you can look back at a track record And for the most part, you'll see exactly how things are going to go. They're dependable. They're steady. You don't want to invest in something that's all over the place. And the one thing I can tell you of that is dependable is the Lord. Invest time in the Lord. Don't go home and check your newspaper for, uh, you'll see all types of stories about where you can invest. Companies coming and going and where you should put your money. Let me tell you something. The best news I have ever gotten is that Jesus Christ came and died for my sins. The best news, it's still very good news, the best news I've ever gotten is that Jesus is not a liar. And that we can depend on Him. Psalms 50 says He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Numbers 23, Titus 1, Hebrews 6, They all say that we can depend on the Lord. He's not a liar. Hebrews 13.8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Best place to invest is in the Lord. Not just with your money. I want to see you invest in your families. I want to see you invest in your marriages. I want you to invest in your kids. Yes, of course. I want the Lord to thrive all those areas. But I'm telling you, an investment in the Lord is an investment well placed. <laughs> Larry Walls will say this all the time. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. And so as we get ready to worship and sing about our children and our children's children, I want you to pray, bow your heads, close your eyes. I want you to ask the Lord, what, where are you currently placing your investments and how you need to change them today? Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.